And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Athletic Football Show. Welcome to Prospects to Pros, where we talk college football, the NFL, the draft, and everything in between. I'm Andy Staples, here with the athletics draft guru, Dane Brugler, and we watched our games on Saturday, we watched our games on Sunday, we watched our games on Friday, we watched our games on Monday. This has been, Dane, it, this, this never stops. This is, I, I, my son who is a, just a complete football nut, plays football and, and, and just starts his morning with good morning football every day. And like Kyle Brandt's like a member of the family. Uh, he, he's like, Tuesday and Wednesday are the worst days of the week, dad, because there's no football on. I'm like, yeah. you listen to Prospects of Pros. There you go, yeah. Well, and my son, he's big into the, the slime time uh, on Nickelodeon Wednesday oh, yeah. nights. So that's, that, that, that saves him Wednesday nights, but yeah, totally agree. Uh, yeah, and yeah, going back to Thursday, we had a, a rookie standout for the Chiefs with that pick six of Justin Herbert. We'll talk about him too. So yeah, it was a, uh, I don't know that we really, we didn't have that Texas-Alabama game uh, over the mm-hmm. weekend in college football. We didn't really have that marquee game. A lot of the players that, you know, are high on the radar, you know, CJ Stroud, you know, he, he showed out, he looked good. Bajon Robinson uh, kind of flexed his oh, muscles. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of the uh, players we expected to look good did look good over the weekend. Well, and but 
I think we, we can start Friday because we have a little theme. And this is something that you yeah. wrote about last week and, and I think is a great theme for this show because one of the things that I've had to cover covering college football, and by the way, if you want to hear me talk more about college football all week, you can go to the Andy Staples show. Please download, subscribe, rate, review, just like you would for the for the athletic football show feed, uh, is the transfer portal. We, we've had to talk a lot about the transfer portal and how it's changed the sport. It's changing the way people have to scout as well. But I thought the game on Friday night between Florida State and Louisville was a great example of that because you had uh, Jordan Travis, former Louisville quarterback, uh, with with the Seminoles. Now he got injured in the game and had to come out, but there are two guys that that really showed out in that game that I think are gonna be on draft boards and are, you know, potentially better off because they transferred. And they're at Florida State where kind of I don't know, it felt like Jermaine Johnson last year was the patron saint of the transfer portal. He leaves Georgia where he was a good player. And first of all, it, it explains how unfair that Georgia defense was last year, that Jermaine Johnson was a rotation guy. He goes to Florida State to prove he's an every-down guy. He becomes a first-rounder. Well, the guy this year at Florida State like that is Jared Verse. He was at Albany. He was an Albany Dane. And here's what happened with Jared Verse. So basically, Albany played Syracuse in one of those bye games last year. You know, Syracuse pays Albany a bunch of money to come, come lose to them. And every team that played Syracuse watched the Syracuse-Albany game as they were scouting Syracuse and were like, who the hell is this guy on Albany? And that's exactly what the, the Florida State coaches did. And there were, there were multiple other staffs that did the same thing. So Jared Verse was like the hot name in the transfer portal. He's been fantastic already this year. He got he got injured. He hurt his knee and was in a on crutches in a boot after the game. But Mike Norvell, the Florida State coach, has said, you know, usually he'll say if a guy's out for the year and he's being pretty like I can't talk about injuries so hopefully that means that we'll get to see Jared Verse again this season the other guy at Florida State that just showed out who was somewhere else was Johnny Wilson he was at Arizona State six foot seven wide receiver and and Dane I, I'm curious about this because we, we've seen we've actually seen this before from Florida State with Kelvin Benjamin a guy that big um is six seven how do, how do NFL teams feel about that kind of jumbo size in a, in a receiver? Well, I mean, obviously, you have to have the athleticism to pair with it in order to uh, beat coverage at the NFL level. And Johnny Wilson, I, he tore up the Louisville secondary. And that's a secondary. He's got They've got some NFL guys. I mean, Keytrail Clark, uh, number 13, uh, he's a top three, top five senior corner, probably a third or fourth mm -hmm. round pick. And Johnny Wilson, uh, he cooked him uh, multiple times. Uh, the one he uh, forced Clark to just drag tackle him down before the uh, catch was even made, an easy PI penalty. Um, but Wilson, he it's not just size with him. He does a really nice job with his footwork. So especially those one-cut routes, the slants, posts, where uh, mm -hmm. he can collect himself, cut, go. He accelerates off his plant foot, so gains a little bit extra uh, separation. Uh, and he's got that that catch radius with the length where he can pull balls off of shoe tops. He can uh, you know, steal the ball away from defenders. So there is something there with Wilson. And now it's all about, OK, what, what, he's do, what does he do the rest of the year in terms of sustaining this type of production, this type of impact? Uh, because at Arizona State, I don't know that we necessarily saw this. It, it was something where mm -hmm. the, the big issue was the focus drops. That's not something that showed up in this game, at least. So. Can he sustain this level of production, this level of impact? That's what we'll be looking for from uh, Johnny Wilson. And then I'm glad you brought up Jared Verse. Anytime 
I, I get a chance to gush about Verse, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it because this guy is he's so much fun to watch. The energy he brings off the edge. He's athletic. He's very active. Uh, he's very physical, so he can attack blockers. Uh, but he can go around you. He'll go through you. He, he forces holding calls. Uh, the speed to uh, the speed to power move is really impressive. So I mean, they're they're more missed tackles in the backfield than you want to see. He, sometimes he's a little too energetic. Needs to control himself. But this guy is a lot of fun, and he's a redshirt junior, so he'll have an NFL decision to make, just like Johnny Wilson uh, after this season. But two guys that, like you said, have used the transfer portal and are making it pay off. And, and you brought up Jermaine Johnson. I mean, there were four players in the, who were drafted top 50 last year who transferred in their final year in college and probably weren't going to be drafted that high if they didn't transfer. Jamison Williams going from Ohio State yep. to Alabama. I mean, the, the talent's a talent. But if he didn't have that level of impact because he was just a part of a rotation at Ohio State, who knows what his future well, and, looks and like. And you're, you're seeing now, I mean, you, we're going to talk about Garrett Wilson later in yeah. the NFL, but we, we know what Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave were. And you're seeing Jackson Smith and Jigba and Martin Harrison Jr. at right. Ohio State. So that's Jamison Williams was kind of stuck in that. And it's he, he's, he could have been the fifth best receiver in the country but might have been the fifth best receiver in that room, exactly. if that makes sense. Exactly, and that's why you know utilizing the transfer portal. It's something that it gives these these players uh, a chance to. Really, and you know, there are times where I feel bad for coaches who you know they they find a Jared Verse and you bring him to Albany, you develop him, you you know really you put in so much time with this player, only for him to uh, move on to greener pastures. And so you you feel for some of those lower level programs who do a lot of the work. But you also feel good for the player because he's getting more. Yeah, exposure. it's not the player's fault. He was under recruited. Ex right, yeah. exactly. So you know, it's, I, it's the main takeaway is you feel good for the player because you know a guy like yeah. Jamison Williams. There were you know uh, Kenneth Walker last year uh, going to Michigan mm -hmm. State and doing what he did, becoming a top fifty pick. Um, Arnold Abiquetti. Now uh, he was he was at a pretty good program. It just that that offense yeah. and and it didn't, right. whatever for whatever reason Kenneth Walker and Wake Forest didn't work. Right, but, I mean, but there are plenty yeah. of success stories, and in this yep. draft, it's going to become the new norm where these players will yep. go to a different program. And for you know, for some of these guys, it's as simple as you know, take it, you know, Charlie Jones for example, that Iowa, anemic Iowa offense that can't do anything. A guy like Charlie Jones is just he's lost. He transfers to Purdue, who they love to put the ball up in the air, and when you've got a quarterback like Adrian O'Connell, who by the way, they have that connection with Charlie. You can't watch a Purdue game mm -hmm. without them mentioning that connection uh, from their childhood. <laughs> but, I, you yeah. know, it's it's something that Charlie Jones, he's got almost double the amount of targets through three games that he had in two years at Iowa. So opportunity uh, is the main takeaway here with these guys uh, in the transfer portal that are going to new teams and NFL teams are taking notice. Well, so let, let's talk. We talked Johnny Wilson. There's another guy, because this is sort of an interesting theme, and I, I want to get your take on how scouts and GMs and, and front offices handle this. So Johnny Wilson left a dumpster fire behind at Arizona right. State. It was a terrible situation. Herm Edwards just got fired this past weekend. He was in trouble the entire time, and you knew something was going to happen there. There's another guy, and it's somebody you highlighted over the weekend, Christian Gonzalez, who's the, the corner at Oregon now, he was at Colorado last year. Now, he kind of followed his DB's coach to Oregon when Oregon's new staff came together. Dan Lanning got hired there, and, and, and he puts his staff together. So Christian winds up going to Oregon, which, by the way, corner was a huge position of need for the Ducks 
this year. They needed somebody they could drop in and play right away. But Christian looked great. Oregon looked fantastic. They destroyed BYU. I, I, and, and I know everybody watched that Georgia game and, and, and sort of wrote off Oregon. I'm telling you right now, Oregon's going to be a good team in the Pac-12 this year. Christian Gonzalez is going to be one of the best corners in the country this year. For Christian Gonzalez, for Johnny Wilson, how much does it help that they left a terrible coaching situation where people are going to get fired? Because like Colorado, the AD put out a statement this week, like, if you ingrates had given us more money, we could have already fired Carl Rell and bought him out. <laughs> right. But you haven't. So give us some money. Uh, but but Christian Gonzalez is now in a stable situation at Oregon. Johnny Wilson in a stable situation at Florida State where it feels like they can be highlighted more and are not playing on terrible teams. Yeah. A, a, like a case like Christian Gonzalez, he committed to Mel Tucker. Uh, at Colorado. So, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a different coaching staff. Which means, it's and, a, and Mel knows what he's looking for. <laughs> right. A, a different scheme. You know, like he, he, it's that's a part of college football that, you know, they tell you not to commit to a coach because there's a good chance he's not going to be there by the time you leave the program. You, you commit to the program and all that. But it's hard. Not, it's, hard it's hard to follow through with that because you, you want to commit to the guys that are going to be developing you uh, and you're going to be playing in their scheme. And, you know, they, they've got an idea for who you're going to be as a player two, three years from now. And so for a guy like Christian Gonzalez, yeah, he he escapes that, that uh, you know, that in Colorado where they just don't have a lot going on. And he goes to Oregon where, yeah, playing with Dan Lanning. Dan Lanning has produced multiple uh, high early round corners. When you talk about mm -hmm. uh, Stokes uh, doing a nice job with the Packers. Uh, you know, uh, Tyson uh, Campbell. Yeah, yeah the, the Jaguars, exactly. I mean, Keely Ringo will be a top uh uh, prospect this year so Dan Lanning has a little bit better idea of what he's doing across the defense and Christian Gonzalez is with that talent he has legitimate he has a legitimate chance to be the top corner uh in this draft with the size the athleticism uh, I mean you you watch some of the tape and you see you see Jeffrey Okuda you see why he was the number one corner a couple of years ago coming out of uh, Ohio State with that size his ability to cover so uh against BYU Jaron Hall had I think 29 completions Against Oregon, uh, only one of them uh, was against uh, the guy that Christian Gonzalez was covering, and it was a short gain, wasn't a wasn't a big play. So uh, he had two pass breakups. It was a really good showing. And, and you know, against uh, Georgia in the opener, uh, Gonzalez gave up a touchdown. Uh, you know, there were there were times where you could tell, okay, yeah, this guy's still a redshirt sophomore. You know, he's still learning a few things. But the the traits, and that's what NFL teams are drafting. They're drafting the traits. That that's what they're going after, and you see, you're seeing a guy that's playing with a lot more confidence. Uh, and I thought he played with confidence at Colorado, but now under this new coaching staff, he's playing with a ton more confidence. And I think that's that's one of the differences I think between going where he was and now with this new coaching staff uh, with the Ducks. So how much how much explanation is required by the prospect by the prospect's agent when they are coming from a program? where maybe there's been a coaching change or just things went badly and and the team stunk. The player was was good, but probably not as good as they would have looked right. on a better team. Right. And I, yeah, each case is so individual. You know, with a guy like Jamison Williams, it was pretty easy. It was, you know, just I want to see more targets. Or Jermaine Johnson, right. who... Uh, I mean, Jermaine Johnson had a, a great reason where, you know, I bet on he myself. He was a three-down guy. It was very yeah. simple. Yeah. I, I want to be the alpha. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet on myself that I will be the alpha. And he was the ACC Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, and he was outstanding. So, you know, that's that's where it pays off. And, you know, and, and a guy like Christian Gonzalez, 
you know, I, I, I think it's as simple as I want to go to uh, a coaching staff that I know is developing me. I know I have the talent. I want to go to a situation where I know I'm, I'm at my best. I'm going to be challenged. I'm going to, uh, you know, get the most out of my potential. And so I, I think it's as simple as that for a lot of these guys. Uh, you know, Jared Verse, it's about playing against better competition, going from the FCS level, uh, you know, playing uh, you know, lower competition, facing uh, offensive tackles that are going to be, uh, you know, future dentists uh, and going up against uh, some tackles that will be playing in the NFL. So I, I, for each one of these guys, it's so individual, but each one has a story, each one has their journey, and, you know, it, it's paying off for a lot of these guys. So non-transfers, anybody, or well, transfer or not, anybody else flash for you over the weekend? Um, well, I, I think that, well, I, he actually is another transfer that I, I did want to talk about. That's Osiris Torrance, uh, with Florida, oh, at Florida who guard, yeah. is yeah, coming from followed Billy Napier to, from Louisiana to Florida. He's been outstanding, uh, at right guard. I mean, just a people mover in the run game. He, he's getting the job done in pass protection. Really impressive to watch him play. So another transfer, um, that's getting it done, which is, which is good to see. Um, you know, he, it, it, the question was, okay, he could do it in the Sun Belt, but could he do it in the SEC? And, you know, we've seen Louisiana produce some offensive linemen. Uh, you know, Robert Hunt a couple years ago was, I think, the 39th overall pick. Uh, Torrance has a chance to be higher than that. He, he has a legitimate wow. chance to push for the first round. Uh, that's how scouts are talking about him. So, um, you know, he as long as he keeps this up in terms of playing at a high level in the SEC like we've seen. So, um, you know, he, he's been a good guy. He, he's been a, a guy that's been fun to watch. Um, it, watching Texas A&M and Miami that game, you know, uh, A&M offense. I don't Maybe you can explain more what's going on there. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, watch, remember how I said, listen to the Andy Staples show. We yeah. had about two full shows on on the A&M and Iowa offenses last last week and explaining exactly what the what is wrong there. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, watching that A&M offense, at least they do have some playmakers, specifically A-Chain, uh, the running back, yeah. who, I mean, it, all you have to do, watch Miami, the Miami Dolphins, uh, and what they're doing at wide receiver with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill and mm-hmm. all the speed they have there. That's what NFL teams are going to be looking for, and A-Chain, yep. hey, that's what he brings. I mean, he is a legitimate track star out there on the football field, whether he's a running back, you're getting him the football as a receiver, He's a weapon, and so you know, at A and M, they they're smart to get hit the football as many times as they can. They did that against uh, Miami, and I think that really ended up being the difference uh, for them as they won that game. It, it, it did because uh, you know Tyler Van Dyke not very accurate on the other side. Now he did have receivers dropping balls all over the place, yeah. but uh, A chain is Texas A and M's best weapon. The other one that they have that's very good that I thought they did a little bit with him, but they they. Sh- should be doing more is Anaya Smith, yeah. who I actually think he's a third down back in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That's what he 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 came as a receiver. The first year he was there, all of their running backs transferred before the bowl game. So they had he he offered to move to running back. He was actually very effective as a running back. Can can play both. He's just one of those guys that that you just put on the field. You can move him around. He's going to do exactly what you need him to do. He's going to make plays, and so. I feel like they need to kind of let him be Max Johnson's security blanket and then find ways to feed A-Chain to create big plays because they've not really been able to develop anybody to, to stretch the defense yet. The idea is they want Evan Stewart, the receiver, to be that guy. 
he was suspended for that game. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens with, with that bunch. But it's it's just that offense is is hard to watch. <laughs> yeah, it is. Now Miami's offense was was pretty hard to watch as well. And Van Dyke has got to has got to be able to to hit receivers that are open, and then those guys have to be able to catch the ball. That's that's just all there is to it. Yeah, and I mean he's missing what his top receiver, um, and so that hurts. Restrepo. Yeah. yeah, but I mean he's he's playing like a sophomore. I think you know it's um, you know they can't all be C.J. Stroud or you know Bryce Young won the Heisman as a sophomore. They're they're not all going to look uh, or play at a high level just in their second year uh, on the field. And I think we see that with Van Dyke. There's still a lot of learning he has to do, and that's why. You know, I didn't. I didn't put him in my top fifty uh, in August. I, I just didn't think he was ready for that. And I, I, he's not quite there. But I mean, you see the talent. You see the ability that he has. It's just a matter of being consistent on the football field and you know playing within himself. I mean, obviously with the the new coaching staff, there's going to be some uh, you know learning adjustments there. Um, I you know I thought the game went you know maybe like we thought uh, where both teams weren't going to look great, but at the end, A and M just has more talent at the moment. So, you know, we'll see how Miami and Van Dyke does the rest of the ACC schedule. Another quarterback and transfer that I wanted to ask you about, because he's he's looked amazing the first few weeks in his new environment, is Michael Penix Jr. Yeah. He played at Indiana his first three years. He's at Washington now and just looks great. Kalen DeBoer was his OC at Indiana for one of those years. Uh, that's the head coach at Washington now. They're reunited. But, but with Penix, is, and I don't know how much of an NFL prospect Penix would be, under any circumstances, but I'm just curious from a from a talent scouting perspective to know what this means. He's had three consecutive season-ending injuries that, yep. that derailed him at, at Indiana. Basically, he he just needed to change his scenery, <laughs> and then so that's why he went to Washington. And but when when a guy has that kind of in, injury history, are they just going to have to get in a camp and and show what they can do? Are, are they going to be on anybody's board at all? Yeah, and it just comes down to, and this is why teams spend so much money on the medicals and team doctors and all that kind of stuff. You know, they'll go to the combine. Uh, each team does it a little bit differently, but most teams have you know just like a grading system where uh, you know one, two, three, or four. Uh, you know, if the if, if uh, the injuries are older and there's no sign of uh, you know lasting, lingering effects, then you know he's going to be a one or a two. But if some of these things are Oh, this is this is gonna pop up again, or this he's gonna be prone to injury. Okay, we're talking three or a four, and it, it it might drop a player or take him off a team's board entirely. And so with a guy like Penix, you know, we're we're we don't really know at this point just how much that's going to affect it. But it is good to see him performing like he is. Uh, I mean, he's three games, all three have been over three hundred yards passing. He's got ten touchdowns, one interception um, through the air, and against Michigan State on Saturday. I mean, yeah, he was he was outstanding. Um, I mean, he. And it was something at Indiana where it was really inconsistent. Uh, even that, that yeah. it was what, the 2020 year where I think, you know, he really, because that, that was the year they beat Penn State with that. They beat you know, Penn State. He had the right. reach on the goal line. Yeah, yeah. Even, even that year, he was only completing like 55, 56% of his passes. Oh, that, so, that, that Penn State game was a great example. He was horrible yeah. for three and a yeah. half quarters and just lights out for the last drive of regulation and for the two overtime. So it right. is... Uh, it, it, it's a strange situation, but it but he looks like a different person, and that I, I do wonder how that works because his injury history is is pretty gnarly. So we'll 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 yeah. see what he does, but I'm I'm happy to see him doing really well. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. For their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash maze, all lowercase, Go to shopify.com slash maze now to grow your business, no matter which stage you're in. Shopify.com slash maze. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Let's talk about the guys that, that just got drafted that are in the NFL now. Uh, a guy we, uh, well, we met him and his entire family. They are, uh, they are a lot of tall, good-looking people, <laughs> the Hutchinsons. Aiden Hutchinson was dominant against Washington on Sunday. I, I felt like I was watching Red Zone, and I felt like every time that game popped up, I was watching him just run the arc and and hammer somebody. Yeah, I mean, I, we we talk so much pre-draft about Hutchinson and, you know, is he, he doesn't have the longest arms. Is he already tapped out? And, I mean, even if he is close to tapped out in terms of what he is, in terms of upside and getting that much better, he's still really good right now. And, you know, we're yeah. seeing it right away. I mean, the, the coaches said afterwards – He's exactly what we thought, and that shouldn't really be a surprise to anybody. This is a guy that the the energy he brings off the edge is so impressive. Quickness, power, skilled hand play. Uh, he can be disruptive versus the pass, versus the run. He's scheme-proof. I don't care where you want to play him. You want to stand him up. You want to kick him inside. I, this guy has shown he can be disruptive from a lot of different alignments, and so uh, you see the 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 foot uh, the lower body agility. You see the hand technique. Uh, there's a lot of things where you just check the box, check the box, and and we're seeing it on the field uh, for the Lions. Yeah, six tackles, three sacks. Love to see it from Hutch. This is one of those where 
normal under normal circumstances, because he was taking second and the guy taking first plays a similar position, there yeah. you go. Well, the Jaguars blew it, but Trevor Walker looked pretty great against the Colts too. Yeah, well, I mean, really, you look at both their first-round picks with Devin Lloyd, the linebacker out of mm-hmm. Utah, kind of confusing at the time. Like, what, they're just collecting these linebackers. What are you what, doing with him? Yeah, exactly. right. But I mean, the Jaguars—they they, want to build something in that front seven and that on that defense. And hey, they shut out the Colts. I mean, they're they're doing something right. The Jaguars, all of a sudden, I mean. Could they? They're going to make some noise in the AFC South this year. The Colts have, are not mm-hmm. playing well at all. The Titans look like they're uh, a not they're more pretender than contender. Uh, and, and so it's just that that uh, division looks like it's it's going to be uh, for the taking uh, for a, an upstart like the Jaguars with the way Trevor Lawrence is playing and uh, you know, the defense has been playing really well. Trevon Walker, he you could do so many things with a guy like this. You know, we, we talked about him last week. 6'5", 270 pounds, but his athleticism, his length, you want to use him uh, on the edge, you want to use him in the twist game, you want to use him on the inside, drop him in space. He can do all those things and do them at a high level. And, you know, uh, kind of the, the reason he went one and not Hutchinson is because Walker does have upside where, you know, you can right. see him, he's going to get better. The more he plays, the more he sees, uh, all the different things that you could do with a talent like this. And this is why, you know, we're banging the drum on Trevon Walker all last mm-hmm. fall, all throughout the draft process, as this guy is legit, is you bet on the traits. And Trevon Walker, right. freaky, freaky traits. So the Jaguars, they got something brewing down there in Jacksonville. Yeah, it, it, it is going to be interesting. I, I do want to, I want, there's a rookie who I, when I saw this play, I was like, oh, Dane and I are going to have to talk about him and it's not going to be good. But I, I, I think we, we can actually use this to to absolve him a little bit. Jalen Armour Davis, yeah. rookie corner out of Alabama, plays for the Ravens. Yep. If you watch the Dolphins come back against the Ravens on Sunday, then you saw Tyreek Hill just blow by Jalen Armour Davis and, and catch a long touchdown pass as that helped put the Dolphins back in the game. John Harbaugh came out. It's not his fault. Clearly, Armour Davis thought they thought he was playing zone. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? He was. The safety was in the wrong. Was playing wrong. The safety played that play wrong. Should have been back there. And so, Jalen Armour Davis, we apologize in well, advance. That that was part of the the book on Armour Davis coming out was because uh, he was a one year starter at Alabama uh, this past year. Uh, had you know okay production? He had three picks last year. He, you could see the talent uh, start to come out, but there was a lot of football that he needed to play to really understand what offenses are doing. And, and you know, we mentioned Miami's offense—the speed, the speed, the speed. That as a defensive mm-hmm. back, that scares the heck out of you. I mean, it, it's hard yeah. to be confident going up against that type of speed. So you're, let me, I, a little, I mean, a little this, concerned. I'm going to give Mike McDonald a little more credit <laughs> because. Sure. That, that's the thing. Like when you see that play, you're like, did you leave a rookie alone on Tyree kill? ISOed on the top of a formation. Like really? Yeah. And they're, they're playing a lot of, I mean, Kyle Hamilton's getting, uh, he, he's playing a lot for that defense. And so they're, they're playing with some young dudes out there. Uh, and I mean, they're, they're trusting it's sink or swim. And so, yeah. you know, they're, yeah. Credit to that defense for, uh, you know, playing these young guys and and you know, sticking with them. Um, but yeah, it's when you're playing an offense like Miami's and that type of speed. Um, yeah, it, it's tough. Armor Davis still developing in areas, 
But yeah, I mean, I, he, I think he's at least holding his own. Um, and, and by the way, one guy that we talked about is, you know, I'm not sure what's going on last week, but a rookie who I thought played outstanding week two, Cole Strange, uh, for that Patriots offensive line. Yep. Watching him go up against Cam Hayward. Uh, I mean, Cam Hay- Hayward has been in the league 10 years. He's a pro bowler, all pro. And Cole Strange more than held his own uh, at the point of attack. You see that that strength. You see the quickness. Um, I mean, I thought he was really impressive uh, in week two uh, with what he was, that assignment and what he was asked to do. Now, I, I will say that game was a little like watching Iowa oh. versus Texas A&M. Yeah, it was but... terrible. Terrible. Uh, <laughs> now, one, one game that we do have to talk about, too, uh, just for the sheer amount of rookies that were making plays, the Browns and the Jets. Um, I mean, that oh was my God. Yeah. Garrett, Garrett Wilson. I mean, he he was my top receiver, um, which, you know, it, it's going to be fun to kind of look back. And you know, Drake London, Drake London, who also had a touchdown. Um, and Drake London, they, the Falcons are force feeding him the football. He's been targeted on 37 percent of his routes so far uh in, in two games i'm not uh, so. i'm not sure i'm not sure that they know they still have kyle pitts like it, just you because you drafted him last year doesn't mean you can't throw to him this year did you see that quote by arthur smith after the about you know sorry this isn't fantasy football i mean i don't what what is fantasy football you drafted at? him in the first round last year use him fourth, fourth overall you've got a a guy that is a mismatch weapon and you're gonna call out fantasy football as you know no i mean this well, is you, you've got such a look weapon at what the at dolphins do with waddle and hill yeah. playing them off to scare the hell out of defenses like you could do that with drake london and and kyle pitts for sure no there's no doubt so yeah and it's drake london he's doing a nice job i mean they're he's given he's getting a lot of opportunities and he's taking advantage you see uh you know exactly what we saw at usc the size the athleticism it's it's been impressive so far uh but by, by the, the way i am dane i'm really i'm really impressed with the filibuster to get away from the browns collapse i appreciate that but we're uh, gonna have to talk about it yeah i mean i it, it's hard to talk about um i i mean it's i've since the browns came back in 99 this has and they've lost a lot of football games this had to have been <laughs> the worst loss they have had since they came back to the league without a doubt this um is- they, they worst have, loss not involving John Elway in Browns history? I mean, I my my knowledge only goes back so Dwayne far. Dwayne Rudd game, but the Dwayne that, Rudd oh yeah, game where's okay. that's another home opener, uh, by the way, for the Browns. I mean that that's definitely up there. Um, but you know, at least that was just one player making a, a bonehead move. This, uh, I mean, if you want to blame the offense for scoring that touchdown and not going in, whatever, fine. I'm not going to blame Nick Chubb for that loss. How about let's blame the defense for uh, letting that Corey Davis touchdown happen? Um, how about we blame special teams for that onside kick? Uh, Amari Cooper had a good game on offense and kind of made a little bit of a business decision on that onside kick. Uh, and then down the stretch, I mean, they just, Garrett Wilson did what he wanted. And this is, the reason Garrett Wilson was my top receiver in last year's draft is because he makes the playbook come alive. He is his athleticism, his ability to play bigger than he is. Uh, it, it's so impressive. And he did that on multiple occasions that uh, the one touchdown he had earlier in the game against Martin Emerson, another rookie. Uh, he just, he cooked him at the line, easy corner route. Um, it, it was, it was something that uh, it, rookie or not. I mean, that was impressive from Garrett Wilson um, in another rookie in that game, by the way, Cade York missed the extra point, 
uh, after that Nick Chubb touchdown. So we spent that, a whole show I on Cade York last week. Come he, on. He went from hero to, okay, yeah, who's this rookie again? And he that was ended up being the difference, 31-30. They lost the game. So, yeah, there were a lot of – I mean, Brees Hall had a touchdown in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, Sauce I'm, Gardner got nicked up, came back. Yeah. It looks like he's doing all right. Yeah, he, Jets, he did well. So. He did well. He he he. I think he gave up maybe four catches, but they were they. You know, he did it overall. Did a nice job. Um, Perion Winfrey was did not play because of uh, some disciplinary issues. So plenty of rookies, uh, rookie action to talk about in that that Jets Brown game. Well, and, and the Jets seem to just. I, I hate this, and and it's weird because you got Mackay Becton out, and but you look at the way they've drafted recently. Mm-hmm. They could be fairly competent. Yeah, well, if they're gonna, if they're going to get quarterback play like they did from Joe Flacco, then I mean the defense is still an issue. I um, mean they they right. the, Jacoby Brissett looked like uh, you know a capable NFL starter, and you know, maybe he is, but he the Jets made him look I think a little bit better than he is. Um, but yeah, on offense, if they're going to play the way that they have been playing, the play calling I thought was outstanding. The way they use Garrett Wilson was, and it, by the way, if you. Uh, if you're in a fantasy league and Garrett Wilson's out there as a free agent, go get him. He leads the the NFL, or I think he's tied with Jamar Chase for the most end zone targets uh, in the league. So they want to get him to football, especially when they get down towards the red zone. Uh, he had eight catches against the Browns, six were first downs, the other two were touchdowns. So this guy is making yeah. plays when he gets the hand on his hands on the ball. So yeah, I mean the Jets. Uh, this is it'll be interesting when when Zach Wilson comes back. Probably. It's going to be either week four or week five. It looks like they're waiting till he's fully healthy. Uh, what's the the sophomore uh, year going to look like? Is he going to take that jump? Is he going to be able to see things quicker? That was always the thing with him uh, last year as a rookie is just the processing and the game being so fast compared to what he what he played with uh, at BYU. Okay, is as things slowed down for him at all? And so, uh, getting Zach Wilson back will be really interesting to see how this offense will look. Does it? Do they take a noticeably step down compared to what they had with Joe Flacco, or is Zach Wilson able to continue that momentum that, that, that they've got going with these rookies, with Brees Hall, with Garrett Wilson, and everybody else on that offense? Yeah, it it, it will be fascinating. Now, the the maybe the biggest play. Well, I don't know. It's hard to say with those big comebacks, but one of the biggest plays of the weekend happened Thursday night involved yeah. a rookie. The pick six by Jalen Watson, former Wazoo Cougar. Gerald Everett tapping his helmet once out of the game, <laughs> kind of loafs it on the route, yeah. and Watson jumps the route. And, I mean, that turned the thing. And I realize uh-huh. that, that Justin Herbert is is you know getting banged up, had a lot to do with, with, with everything too. But that, with the Chiefs, we, I feel like we, we talk about Patrick Mahomes, we talk about what they're doing offensively to overcome not having Tyreek Hill and the free agents they signed for, for those reasons. But defensively, they are going to have to be really good. I mean, you saw Josh Allen last night. For the Chiefs to get where they, where they want to go, like, that defense better be great. Yeah, and they're doing it with some young guys. I mean, they uh, Trent McDuffie was the guy, uh, the corner they drafted in the first round. Out of Washington. Who, they like, they yeah. like those Pac-12 guys. Yeah, apparently. And I'm a big, I was a big fan of Trent McDuffie coming out. He was my second-ranked corner. Um, you know, he's not the biggest, but... The guy can, uh, he, he understands how to play corner, but he was hurt in that game. And so uh, it, he'll be out for a, a few weeks here. Jalen Watson comes in, steps up, 
makes the the play of the game. And, uh, you know, I, I tweeted this out right as it happened, but three years ago, he was working at Wendy's trying to figure out, okay, That's where amazing. am I, where am I playing my football next? And I, all the credit to him, uh, at a, at a high school, he was two years at JUCO and then he actually signed with USC, but he didn't qualify academically. So goes back to Augusta, Georgia, working at Wendy's with his mom, just to make ends meet, try to figure things out. Okay. What's my next move? Uh, he's able to sign with Washington State uh, during the COVID year, so doesn't play a ton at, at that COVID year. And then last year, 2021, that's when he really boosts his stock as an NFL player. Uh, ends up getting drafted seventh round, and you know he's he got his chance. And when you get your chance, you got to make the most of it. And he certainly did with that that pick six. With really that that's that's when the game changed. That's that's what it looked. I mean, the Chargers score a touchdown there obviously it's a huge swing compared to what it could have been. So all the credit to Jalen Watson taking advantage of that opportunity. Um, and hopefully he's able to uh, keep it going this week, especially with McDuffie out. If Watson's able to kind of say, Hey, I, I should be starting here. Uh, I'm more than just a flashy pick six. I, I can be play consistent football. Well, he can, he can make a pick six in the NFL and he can fix a frosty machine. This is, it's a pretty big skill set. Let's be it's, honest. It's true. It's true. Hey, it's uh, I, we've all got our journeys, right? I mean, you know, that's we, right. We all, we all did our certain. But and, and it, that's the thing. Some of these guys, uh, and it's hard because sometimes stuff doesn't work out. The, you have yeah. a situation where it's it's grades or it's injuries or, or or whatever, and a lot of times guys just are content to give up and say, "Well, I could have been. I was great in high school." The guys that gut it out when it's not easy, when they don't just go straight to a, a, a big power five school and have, you know, all this fancy Nike gear in front of them, the ones that, that gut it out and figure out how to make it work for themselves. I have so much admiration for them because when he's at Wendy's, when he's in Juco, there's nobody coming to him going, well, you're going to be an NFL player someday. So we're going to make life easier for you. No, it's, you got to get your ass up and and lift. You got to you got to go to class. You got to do all this stuff and there may be no payoff at the end of this. Yeah. You just got to keep doing it. You got to so. be self-motivated. You've got to have a goal in mind that maybe is not attainable today or tomorrow, but you know down the line if I do this 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 and this, that goal will be attainable. And that's that Jalen Watson's a, a perfect example and we see that a lot with with guys that for one reason or another, they have to go a different route. They have to, you know, the, a journey is not a straight line. It, it's a lot of zigs and a lot of zags. And so that's, honestly, that's my favorite part about draft coverage and learning about these players, these prospects is, you know, it, it's no two journeys are the same. They're, they're all different with what they uh, have to face, what adversities um, and, and what they did to overcome that. So um, yeah, just uh, yeah, kudos to Watson. He had his, uh, you know, a, a really he has 15 minutes of fame, and hopefully he's able to sustain that. Well, hey, Malcolm Butler worked at Popeyes, and then made the most important <laughs> interception maybe in Super Bowl history. So it's this is this is this is what happens, and and so I'm I'm happy to see that.
Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We got a little uh, new segment that, that we want to break in this week, and it's called Defend the Take. And, uh, you know, Dane and I known for our just scalding hot takes all the time. But we're trying to work on that. We're, we're, we're in the podcast game here. This, is, this, this medium requires some takes that are a little more spicy than our usual ones. So, Dane, why don't you go first? Yeah, and, I, and this is this is fun, and I think it's important because uh, I've been in, I've had talks with uh, you know like scouts and GMs before where I they've yelled at me and said get off the fence or no no that's not you know be definitive with what you're saying and what you know what you're seeing and so it's important uh, and so you know we'll see how spicy we get these takes but my take and honestly I didn't think this was a hot take until I tweeted it. But my take is Marvin Harrison would be the clear wide receiver one in this draft class if he were eligible. Marvin Harrison Jr., obviously the son of Hall of Famer Marvin Harrison, uh, all those years with the Colts, doing some impressive things with Ohio State right now. Um, you know, with Jackson Smith and Jigba uh, sidelined with the injury, Marvin Harrison Jr. has stepped up. Um, he has been especially the last two games, um, he has been just lights out. Uh, you see the athleticism, you see the size. He has prototypical X traits um, with mm-hmm. with the athleticism. Um, he he might not be a 4-3 guy, but he's fast enough. He can beat coverage in different ways. His ball skills are, are freaky. I, I tweeted the video of his one of his touchdowns uh, against Toledo. Being able to, the defender's just tugging at him the entire way. He's able to isolate the football, get two feet in, good for in the NFL. Uh, now, part of the part of this take is Marvin Harrison Jr. is awesome, a future top ten pick in the NFL draft. Again, he's not eligible; he's only a true sophomore. Yeah, it's, but it's more about the class itself. Exactly, the wide receiver class is. I think there's a lot of fans and media. I think are higher on the wide receivers this year than most scouts and teams that I've talked to. Jackson Smith and Jigba is a really good player. He's just not a locked top 20 pick, like a lot of people want him, you know, think that he is. Uh, Kayshawn Bote is a really talented player, not a locked top 20 pick. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of other guys that I like in this group. Uh, Quentin Johnson from TCU is really, uh, really talented. Um, you know, Cedric Tillman uh, with Tennessee is a really good player. There, there's a lot of receivers that I think it, it's okay to be excited about. But that doesn't mean that they're going to be drafted top 20. And we had five, or no, six, six receivers drafted in the top uh, top 20 last year. So it, it's something that, uh, you know, it, it's it, we've seen a lot of receivers drafted early past few years. This year, we just, it, it might not happen. 
Yeah, and that happens. These things are cyclical. Yeah. And I do think I do think there will be more often than not years where there's a lot of good receivers just because the game has changed. Guys are playing seven on seven growing up. There's so many more reps for receivers available than there were 20 years ago. Uh, high school offenses are throwing the ball 50 times a game. It's, it's just, it's a different world, but everything's cyclical. There'll be years where the D lines down. There'll be years when the receivers are down and, and you're right. It, it's, I'm, I'm looking and it's interesting because the actual production, when you look at the, the leaderboard is very different than the guys, the draft Knicks really like. Yeah. And that tells you there's not a super obvious person. And that's, you know, that's an opportunity. We were talking about Johnny Wilson earlier. That's an opportunity for a Johnny Wilson to maybe break in and, and be drafted significantly higher than he would have been in a, in a much deeper receiving class. So that, that'll, be, that'll be one to watch because, you know, like we, we talked about Charlie Jones. Charlie Jones is a really good receiver, but he doesn't have the super traits that, that the NFL guys are. Like he's very fast. He, he can be a return guy but he's not a dominant wide receiver one probably in the NFL. Jordan yeah. Addison is the one that I think mm-hmm. I, I'm curious to get your take on him because obviously he can do a little bit of everything. Won the Blitnikoff last year. He's at USC. I didn't mean for to, to bring up another transfer, but that's, that, that's where we're at. So yeah. uh, I, I am curious how you feel about him. Yeah. And he's a guy that he didn't need to transfer to be a, drafted right. top top 40 top 50 i mean he was that was going to happen if he stayed at pit or transferred but now at usc it's just it's unlocking everything i, I mean you you see the twitchiness that he plays with he could be a you know he could work all three levels kind of like garrett wilson last year where he could be a catch and go guy he can win down the field um you know he has a speed where he can win over top coverages so you see missed tackles all over when you get him involved in the quick game uh, it, there's a lot to like with Jordan Addison. And what we're seeing now with USC is, because at, at Pitt, he was primarily uh, in the slot. And, and most of his yeah. targets were within 10 yards of line of scrimmage. I think with USC, we're seeing him just, they're using him a lot more throughout the formation, down the field. And that's what you want to see from him. Show that he's not just a a guy that's going to win in the quick game. He is more than that. So um, he's not he's never going to be a big guy. Uh, that, that's, you know, the body type's always going to be just a little bit uh, not what you want. But, you know, again, Garrett Wilson was another one of those where you kind of worry about the body type a little bit. So Jordan Addison, absolutely. He's going to be in the conversation to be, uh, you know, one of the first receivers drafted this year and absolutely could be a first-round pick. And transferring to USC... I, 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 you know, it, could that have still happened if he stayed at Pitt? Sure. But transferring to USC in that offense is really helping unlock everything that he has to offer. All right. I'm going to go with mine, which gets less spicy by the day, I feel like. But I said this mm. last week, and I, I'm going to say it again. Uh, we talked about Anthony Richardson on this show. Uh, Dane has had him on, on his QB listings. Anthony Richardson at Florida is a class of 2024 draft prospect at yeah. the earliest. Uh, he is he is showing each week that he's he's not quite there yet reading defenses. This is his first year as the starter. And it's hard because we, we talk about traits versus production on this show. Traits, he's off the charts. He is absolutely... Somebody sent me a video of him dunking from the free throw line last week. <laughs> like, he is probably the most athletic quarterback in the country. And he has a great arm. But he needs to learn to control the arm. He needs to learn to 
put the ball in the right place, not get spooked when he's playing a, a defense of superior athleticism. And you saw it against USF this weekend where Florida probably shouldn't have won that game, but they did. He did not show like against Kentucky. It's one thing. Those there's a lot of NFL players on that Kentucky defense yeah. against USF. You should be able to pick them apart. And a lot of it, some, a lot of it is they don't have particularly great receivers at Florida, but He's got to figure enough. out how to make that work. Yeah, yeah they've got exactly. Enough. Justin Short. They got enough against Pierce against I mean, USF. Yeah, yeah. Against, against USF, they have enough. Now against Tennessee, against Georgia, it's it's a different story. But here's the other piece of this: I don't know that we're going to get to see the full Anthony Richardson until later this season, or maybe not at all this season, because their backup quarterback Jack Miller, who they went and got from Ohio State as a transfer, has been hurt. He had surgery on on I believe his thumb. And is out, and they're they're not looking at him being back until midseason. They are not going to cut Anthony Richardson loose on the ground until they're confident they have a backup quarterback that they're they feel safe putting in the game. And you know it, it's interesting because I remember Justin Herbert's senior year, they didn't like their backup situation at Oregon, and they didn't turn him loose until the Pac-12 championship game and the Rose Bowl. Mm. And it, it was a completely different offense when they did. The difference was Justin Herbert was a fourth year starter. Yeah. Very adept at reading defenses, understood exactly what his role in the offense was. So we need to see can Anthony Richardson grow into that quarterback? It's not going to happen this year, I don't think. I, I don't think one, I want to see him fully turned loose yeah. for a little while before you have any idea what he is. But the the running part of it doesn't even matter as an NFL prospect. That matters for a winning games at Florida. Right. Like what well, the running piece I, I escapability, yes, but yeah. that won't be a, a, a. You have to be able to throw the ball, right? And that's, that's yeah, that's that's why you're going to be drafted as high as he has the potential to be drafted. And, and look, if you and I know that, where they're going to be a little more conservative with him running the football, defenses know that, and that's just going mm-hmm. to make you know because they're, they're not going to be as worried about that, so they're going to be playing, uh, forcing him to beat them with his arm, and so far. It is just so weird because against Utah, and Utah, you know, I think they're a good defense. I don't know how good, but they're at least, I feel comfortable saying they're a good defense. Anthony Richardson, I mean, he was so impressive in that season opening game. If the draft was the next day, he would have been a number one overall pick. I mean, it just, he was. I almost feel like when they're in a desperate situation, he just sort of relaxes. Because if you go back to the LSU game last year, when he got put in the game, and they were just way behind and, and it looked hopeless. He's just letting it rip. Yeah. And it looked a lot better than it has looked the last couple games. His confidence just was so shook uh, against Kentucky. Against Kentucky. And, and it's just yeah. a snowball effect that probably carried with him into the, the South Florida game. So now you've got uh, coming up, yeah, Tennessee, and it, the, you're going to about to hit the meat of the SEC schedule. Um, they have Alabama on the schedule this this year. I think they do. No, they don't. No, they, <laughs> they, okay. they don't. So that's yeah. that's, a, that's a good they, thing. They but go, they got they go to Texas A and M. They okay. go to Texas A and M, and that's a bunch of athletes. Yeah. Now, the 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 problem is is going to be like this week. Tennessee's defense is not going to be as good as Kentucky's defense was, but Tennessee's right. offense is going to score a bunch of points. It so yeah. you better be able to keep up, or you, you're in trouble. So I I'll be curious to see what he does because. He's going to be put in a situation where he may have to match score for score Hendon Hooker and company. And Hendon Hooker 
while not a big NFL prospect, has proven to be a very good college quarterback mm-hmm. at Tennessee. Yeah. Yet another yeah. transfer, by the way. Virginia <laughs> so. Tech. That's right. Exactly. So it's, yeah, it, the Anthony Richardson conversation is, is is tough because it's almost like, you know, your opinion's going to change week to week. And But I, I, I mean, I agree with your take. At this point, with, with what he's shown, he has no business entering the 23, 2023 NFL draft. And if he did, I mean, forget just in terms of draft positioning and where you're drafted, in terms of setting him up for the long term, he needs to go back to school and get as many more reps as he can so he can develop both physically and mentally to be the best passer that he could be before he goes to the NFL, which is proven time and time again, it is not a developmental league. Teams are yeah. going to be only so patient with you. Uh, you know, and It doesn't matter where you're drafted. Their teams are only going to be so patient and it, with GMs and head coaches changing jobs all the time, that that influences things. So I I think that take makes a lot of sense based off of what Anthony Richardson has uh, put on film here the last two weeks. Well, we got a lot more film coming. It starts Thursday and it runs through the weekend. What are we doing this weekend? What are we cooking? We got a uh, Ohio State, uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, we got that. Yeah, that's going to be the big one, I think. Cause I want to see C.J. Stroud against the, you know that Jim Leonard-led defense. That'll be big. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't Maybe some ribs this weekend? Um, I like gotta, it. I like I it. Mean, I, I did a pork butt last Friday and, and nice. ate off that all weekend. So Look, pork, pork butts are so they're so forgiving. They're so, I mean, it's, oh, it's the best. Y- 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 yeah. Y- y- what's, your, what's your smoker set up? You, you, you go with the... Uh, the offset. You've got a uh, pellet smoker. Oh no! See, I'm 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 the lazy one. I I I'm I'm pellet. I did have yeah. I I was using a big green egg, but it, when you got 94 podcasts to record and and writing stories and right. I, I wish I could do you know my own barrel offset, but sometimes you just about to get it get it on get it done. The but I will say I like I, I had a rough day work wise last week at one point. And I, I call my wife. I'm like, this sucks. And then, I, and then I, I call her back. I'm like, pulled pork sandwiches make everything better. <laughs> it's just, it, it's so easy to cook. Yes. But then you shred it up. I'm, I, so I was born in Columbia, South Carolina. So for the first seven years of my life, I thought mustard-based barbecue sauce was what everyone ate. Yeah. And usually when you say that, people are like, Whoa. no, no, no. Pulled pork sandwich, a little mustard-based sauce, nothing better. Nothing in the world. Interesting. So, yeah, no, I, I, and, and trust me, I, I used to be w- there with you where uh, I, I, give me the the smoker where you got to control the fire. You got to, you know, that's mm-hmm. part of it. And now that yeah, I have four, four kids and like it's, <laughs> I, I, okay, you know what? I'm going to invest in a pellet smoker. Let's just, you know, let's just make things a little bit easier. So, oh, and I can control it from my phone. Oh, okay, yeah, let's, oh, yeah. let's uh, you know, now, change the temp here. Yeah. I, I still have my egg and here's what I want to do. My birthday is coming up. I may do this for my birthday. Um, tomahawk ribeyes. You got to reverse sear those because yeah. of the the thickness. And so you set up the pellet and you cook cook it to about 100 or 105 mm-hmm. internal and have the egg going at like 600 degrees mm. and take yep. it off the pellet and just pop it on the egg two, three minutes aside and sear it. That is going to be heaven. And oh. I will I will post pictures when I do that. Yes, please do that. That is maybe the best way to do uh, a, a steak. Period is yeah. Give it a little bit of that smoke. Let it uh, yeah. Get it yeah. Just up the temp. Just yeah. Probably right over a hundred, and then 
cook it to uh yeah it doesn't need that much time on on the green egg i mean you just want to get that yeah that sear because you don't want to get that internal higher than what 125 130 uh because mm-hmm. then it's yep. even going to go a little bit higher once you let it rest for you know five ten minutes yeah. so i'm, I'm actually a rare steak guy so this yeah that probably is medium rare what i just said right so. right but i'll be watching i, I want to see maryland michigan because I want to see Michigan against yeah. a team with a pulse. Yeah, I, I, everybody's just gaga over their offense, but again, I need to see it against somebody else. Clemson Wake Forest, very interesting to me. DJ Uyunglele, we're still waiting to see. You know, is he going to wind up being the starting quarterback for the rest of the year? But Sam Hartman is back now for for Wake Forest. I really like Sam Hartman. They've got some receivers that that are worth watching. Yes, they and do. Uh, so that that'd be a fun one. Florida, Tennessee, obviously. Yep. We'll see. I said Cedric Tillman, they're being a little cagey about his injury situation. So not entirely sure what we're gonna see from him. One and one of my favorite guys, by the way, in uh in this draft class, just because of his story. He was a he was on a loaded high school team. He was uh Brevin Jordan, uh Dorian Thompson Robinson, who's UCLA starting quarterback mm-hmm. now. Um there's another receiver. Oh, uh, uh Speedy Naylor, who's with the Vikings. Now he he played at Michigan State. This is Bishop Gorman in Vegas. It's just a loaded team, loaded team. Nobody wanted it. Nobody. Clay Helton was USC's head coach at the time. Had come out to check on one of his commits, who was a linebacker for that team. Sees Cedric and is like, "Who's you got? The, you got to have a ton of offers, right?" And Cedric's like, "I have no offers." He's hmm. like, "I had Hawaii and and I had Fresno State or no Hawaii and Nevada, and they bailed on me." And US, uh, Clay's like, okay, I don't have any scholarships at USC, but my brother just got named the OC at Tennessee. I'm going to call him. And so he calls his brother Tyson, who was only at Tennessee for one year, but it was a, it was a big one for Cedric Tillman because he goes, he, he Tyson goes, okay, I, yeah, sure. I'll look at him. Looks at him. He's like, oh, this sounds great. And sure enough, two, three days before signing day, Tennessee has a player bail a receiver bail on them go to florida state cedric tillman gets the offer and now now you see first thousand yard receiver at tennessee since justin hunter so wow. and and tillman yeah. can play he's got size he's physical i mean i i've used the nico collins comparison um mm-hmm. i he's got a good chance to be the first uh senior receiver drafted so now no doubt he'll be a guy to watch in that game and then one other game i did want to ma- mention too thursday night uh illinois chattanooga don't overlook this game because illinois i've been watching a lot more illinois tape than i thought i would chase brown um (laughs) this guy is so much fun to watch uh he's turning himself into a draftable running back uh devin uh uh, witherspoon on on defense at corner is Mm -hmm. is playing himself into being a top three top four round type of guy then even chattanooga they've got a guy uh, on that offensive line. Uh, well, they had a uh, first-rounder last year. They did, and McClendon Curtis uh, could be... Uh, he won't be a first-rounder. Well, I mean, I didn't think Cole Strange would be a first-rounder, so you never know. But McClendon Curtis is uh, is a guy that could be dra- should be drafted, uh, and we'll see how he does against an Illinois, uh, you know, a, a Big Ten opponent. So a game on Thursday night. Uh, when you're, you know, watching Brown Steelers, maybe just flip over to that one, check out how that game's going, yeah. too. Yeah, uh, and look... This would have, a couple years ago, I'd have been like, watch out for the mocks with the upset on this one. Brett Bielema has made Illinois a little more a little yeah. more competent than that. So I, I, I'm very confident that the, the Illini will get it done. But yes, I do want to see those guys. And I can't wait to see Illinois in Big Ten play. 
because yes, yes. I think they're going to beat some teams that they're not supposed to. And I realize they did lose to Indiana, but uh, if you ask the Illinois fans, that's the ref's fault. So <laughs> have fun, everybody. We'll talk to you again next Wednesday. This was The Athletic Football Show.